Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of that podcast. My name is Ryan Janke, and today we are missing Sarah DeYoung. Sarah ditched us today. So, yep, Sarah, that's for you. That was special for you. I was going for something else, but no, that's not it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. In place place of Sarah, we have back to the program, Dana Mashevsky. Yeah. That's so long. I know. (laughs) And Mark, the Reverend Pastor, Mark Soljum is with us today as well. Wow. And of course, Pastor DJ Lura and I'm Ryan Janke. It won't let me do anything else. (laughs) Who who put batteries back in that thing? That's what I want to know. Is that why it wasn't working for a while? (laughs) Yeah. Sabotage. (laughs) Crazy. <laughs> so Dana and Mark, welcome. Thank you. To that podcast. Dana's so excited to be here. I am. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so, Dana's really kind of stretching her wings lately. Oh, yeah. Know? Yep. Getting involved in all kinds of of uh, the broadcast stuff, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Yeah. A lot of yeah. it's behind the scenes. What you see um, when you get emails or other... Um, communications online from atonement that's that's dana's handiwork Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or if if you noticed last week's episode is out and you can go to the that podcast facebook page and you can see a picture of her handiwork with putting mugs together for for us she's building us merch yep merch it's pretty cool. Are we going back there again? The, the <laughs> slang? No. I'm not allowed to use those terms. My kids have banned me, so I, I got to stick with the... It, it's not swag anymore? Is that what I'm hearing? It's now merch? I can't. I'm not supposed to use any of them. And frankly, when I when I say things like, like bussin' bussin' or uh-huh. even sheesh doesn't sound right to me anymore. That's an old term, but um, I just feel old. Like you got to really stay in your old. lane, you know? Uh, yeah. Is it cool? Is it radical? You know, you just got to stay in your lane, exactly. I think. That's that's the language I like. I was telling Ryan, we need to bring back terms like, when I was in, in middle school, uh, mass was a big one. Man, I have a lot of math. I have mass homework. Mm-hmm. Oh. Or or the, the Seattle Mariners, they're just, they're mass good. I like hip and gnarly. Hip and gnarly. But Wait. I was telling you, we should bring back the one that's tied to buttermilk biscuits, swass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's swass. That's heavy, man. Very West Coast. <laughs> That's heavy. That's heavy. <laughs> it's going back even farther. But after what we read last week, I, I kind of want to bring back and, and make into a good term those those old-timey... Uh, swears? Swears. Oh, yeah. Because I used, the, like, holy moly, I never would have thought that would be... Oh, yeah, like, that's... Like, yeah. Or <gasps> fiddlesticks. How dare you? Yeah. yeah. I do use fiddlesticks a lot. I've probably used it several times this week. You, do you kiss your mom with that mouth? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I, so... <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> so what's happening today? What's going on? What's what's the what's the haps? It's another beautiful day in paradise. Oh man, it is. It's really nice. It really is. As we record this, it is July the first. First of July. First of July. That means summer's halfway is over. You know that this this northern home that we find ourselves in, it's my favorite time of the year because last night I sat out on the deck for like an hour and a half, and it was just gorgeous. And you know, just shorts and a t shirt, and and I wasn't sweating, I wasn't cold, <laughs> I wasn't. There was no hypothermia involved, so I mean, it was a good day. Yeah, it's a good day. Did you notice any unidentified 
aerial phenomena as you were looking around? Uh, no, there was a there was a blackbird. <laughs> uh, you could identify that. Yes, it was a bird. Identified aerial from I A P, and it was black. Uh, that's as much as I identified it as. <laughs> well. Are you, is this a segue into the topic of the, of the day? Sure. Wait, I, can I ask a trivia question real quick? Uh-oh. Because at, at staff, we were trying to answer uh, questions about, about citizenship in the United States. Oh, yeah. And I failed miserably. I think I got one really? out of four right. No. Well, okay. So, like, what did, did you get some of the answers? Like, what was the first state in the union? Well, obviously, it was Delaware. Well, it's obviously. definitely Delaware. I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but you learned something. I did. I heard there's only ten questions on the on the 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 test, but yeah. they're difficult. Well, they come yeah. from a pool of much larger questions, but they only ask you ten. Oh, okay, so yeah, you, so you don't be, know what you're getting when you go in. Mm-hmm. You got to be prepared for anything. Is there a list somewhere that we can look at some of these questions? If like, you don't know, nobody's telling you. <laughs> well, you know, frankly, uh, uh, many of us probably shouldn't be citizens. Um, we don't know the basic history of our country. Or, okay, how many how many branches of government are there? Ooh, three. There's th- three. That's good. Can you name them? Judicial. Yep. Legislative. Legislative and executive. Yep. Executive. And like, how? What is the president called? And how many? How the many? The unofficial one is the press. The unofficial one, right? The fourth. The fourth, the, the fourth, uh, fourth column the, is that the what it's wa- called? The watchdog. Mm. Yep. How many um, houses are in the legislature? Two. Two. What are they called? Uh, Senate yep. and House and the, Representatives. And the House Representatives. How many amendments to the Constitution? I didn't know this either. I got that. I thought it was twenty-five, but it's twenty-seven. It's twenty-seven. What oh. are the two rights in the Declaration of Independence? Right. Happiness, Wait, the pursuit of happiness. I need a crickets button on here. Well, there are more than two, actually, but you'd have to name two of them. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Oh, so there's, you just had to get two out of, mm-hmm. out of the ones that are given. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. We, we hold these truths to be self-evident. They don't call them rights there. Oh, no, they do, don't they? Unalienable rights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yep. Who makes the laws? Uh, who makes the laws? That's the legislature. Mm-hmm. Yep. I happen to find a list. Do you really? <laughs> That's which is what I'm reading from. How okay. many? How many uh, questions are they? Is it like a, a list of seventy questions that you have to be prepared for, or how many are on there? Well, I'm scrolling now, and we're we're in the hundred. There's a hundred questions. Oh, yep. Wow. Some of them are. Some of them would be really easy for people, like you know, when do we celebrate Independence Day? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. July Fourth, obviously. Uh, why does the flag yeah, have fifty? Weekend. Why does the flag have fifty stars? Fifty states. Why does it have thirteen stripes? Thirteen, 13 colonies. colonies. Mm-hmm. Where's the Statue of Liberty? It's New York. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So some of yeah. them are fairly easy, but some are you know a little bit more difficult. Right. Well, then if you ask people around the country, you're from Fargo. Would they know where you're from? I, I was I was not. told often in the South. I love South Dakota. <laughs> I said, me too. It's a, <laughs> but I lived in North Dakota. It's just all one Dakota. <laughs> so Dakota territory from yeah. their perspective. Yeah. I think if you're going to pass the citizenship test, the first thing you do is watch Hamilton because you Absolutely. get a lot right. of the things right there. You really do. Yeah. yeah. It's a good I, little. I've never seen it. <gasps> it's, uh, it, I, think Dana, I think Dana wants you to watch it. I'm it, getting that feeling. It, it takes some artistic license. 
uh-huh. on on historical things. Okay, uh, but the overall uh, heart of it is really good. The way they the way they they handle George Washington, I think, is great, mm-hmm. and Thomas Jefferson is great. Okay, um, Alexander Hamilton for the most part, but they get some. You know, they they take some some license with with his life a bit to okay. spice it up a bit. Huh. Some stuff so. doesn't work theatrically. Yeah, in his life, so they changed it. Oh, okay. It's yeah, I I haven't seen it. And they do great job with King George. Yes. Great job with King oh, George. Oh, it's so good. Do you know the actor who plays King George is also in Frozen? Yes. Yeah. Kristoff. Kristoff. That's mm. right. Really? Mm-hmm. Now you got to go see. See, are, are we are we are we tempting you enough? Have no. We, oh. No. <laughs> uh, I may check it out though. Well, so you said July, and that got me thinking about you know um, another kind of trivia, and this goes back to ancient Rome. Do you know what the why the months are named what they are? Uh, Any takers? Because somebody had to keep track gods. of the they're, calendar. Yeah, they're named after the gods, aren't they? Some of them. Like not all of them. Not all of them. Uh, January is named after Janus, uh, the two-faced god. Uh, February is named after a festival, I believe. March is named after the god Mars, or what the, who the Greeks called Ares. Um, do you know who April is named after? I'm blanking on April. She was the reporter in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, April O'Neil. Yes. But July is named after Jupiter. Uh, Julius Caesar, actually. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that why August is August? Is Caesar Augustus. Is, it, is this why you gathered me today for the podcast to reminisce about about the the names of the months? No, it's because um, in in our conversation, <laughs> it dawned on me that. Our topic today has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like oh, even yeah. even uh, today, you can turn on like like the History Channel or the Discovery Channel. And there's a popular show called Ancient Aliens. Ancient Aliens. Yep. I you don't have the right hair. None of us have the right hair to do Ancient Aliens because you need the what's the guy's name with the with the is it a bouffant? What is that? <laughs> Talking about massive fro, right? I can spike up my front more. No, I, I wouldn't call it a fro at all. I, oh. are, you, are you talking just like like extreme pointy hair? Crazy hair? Uh, Crazy hold, hair? Hold on. Again, unfortunately, th- those online. Like Mark when he needs a haircut and just woke up <laughs> kind of hair? Is I'm that just, what? I'm just happy to have hair. <laughs> Don't the, know for how uh, much longer. Giorgio Sucalos? Is that his name? Sure. Here, Giorgio. Giorgio. Yeah. Look. That's a cool name. There he is. Kind of reminds me of Rob Schneider a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that yeah. is. Yeah. That, that is, that is. That, hey, that is here. what I, that is what I look like if I just wake up. <laughs> yeah. I can't pronounce his name. I couldn't grow my hair out that long. As soon as it touches my ears, I get all. Yeah. I, oh, I hate that. Yeah. If, if my hair gets t- touching my ears, I, yeah. No, I, no good. How about you, Dana? Not a, no, not a problem. Not a problem. Dana with, with four times as much hair as anyone else <laughs> in the room. Well, Dana could pull it off. Yeah? Yeah, if I just like brush these curls out, I bet they go. <laughs> get kind of close to that. Then it would be appropriate. For roll roll with it. That's funny. Yes, that is our topic for today. Because crazy hair? Wait, no, wait, not crazy we, hair. We, we, need to do it, we need to do it right. You want to... Aliens. Uh, oh, I don't have it. You don't have it anymore? I didn't, well, I didn't find anything perfect. Oh, I liked what you had. Oh, okay. I wanted the the you know the classic alien doo, 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 thing, <laughs> but that wasn't it. That's not it either. So, no, yeah, that, that, that that might be it. How about this one? 
that, that was here, in Roswell. On here, it's a little glass, what, like, what, like a glass cup. What was that the, was uh, like a, there's, the truth is out there uh, oh, uh, yeah, show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what was that? <laughs> I don't know. X-Files. Was it X-Files? There X-Files. you go. I had classmates in their yearbooks when you got to write a quote. There was about 15 The Truth Is Out There's. Mm. Hmm. Yep. Well, on June the 25th of 2021, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence released a preliminary assessment of unidentified aerial phenomena. And it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's only a nine-page report, but it talks about 144... 144 reports originated from U.S. government sources. What's interesting about this report, as I was reading it, they've only been uh, they've only been sort of observing this since 2004. And like you were talking about earlier, what? Yeah, it says. Uh, wait, 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 we've had people talk like uh, wasn't it back in the 30s that it was the War of the World scare where people thought aliens were actually coming down, but it was a radio show. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the government's only been well on paper, according to this, <laughs> according to this report in the executive summary, it says the limited amount of high quality reporting on unidentified aerial phenomena, UAP, hampers our ability to draw firm conclusions about the nature or intent of UAP. The Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, UAPTF, considered a range of information on UAP described in U.S. military and intelligence community reporting, but because the reporting lacked sufficient specificity, ultimately recognized that a unique tailored reporting process was required to provide sufficient data for analysis of UAP events. So, and, to, so real quickly, 2004, you mean it's, it's the military keeping track of this because there's been SETI since what? SETI's been around since what, the 70s? Yeah, it's been around a while. Well, it says, as a result, the, this task force concentrated its review on reports that occurred between 2004 and 2021, mm. the majority of which are a result of this new tailored process to better capture UAP events through formalized reporting. So of those 144 reports, 80 involved observation with multiple sensors. So something was going on. So it's more than just one person saw, I saw a flying saucer out in the field. Right, right. It it says in 18 incidents described in 21 reports, observers reported unusual UAP movement patterns or flight characteristics. So it's talking about its advanced technology to, to, you know, buzz around and and here and there. Mm -hmm. It's a really interesting report. But the but but that brought a larger discussion. What does this mean? What does this mean for us? So I was looking at at the CNN report on it. It as, means that the new Hondas are going to be amazing. <laughs> is what it means. They take a they can take a corner pretty sharp. Yeah, uh, cornering amazing. Uh, the laws of physics out out the window. Well, it said all these. Uh, there's 144 incidences that were were well documented, right, or some something like that number. And it said uh, they think it can fall into into one of five potential explanatory categories. So either airborne clutter. Mm-hmm. So what would that be? That would be stuff falling. 
That is when uh, the birds don't clean up. The teenage birds don't That's clean up I after themselves. That's <laughs> airborne clutter. Uh, the next one is natural atmospheric phenomena. Mm-hmm. So like the northern lights type Pockets thing? of gas. Right. Yes. <laughs> what, is they, what did they say in Men in Black whenever anything happens? So weather balloon with a pocket of swamp gas or something <laughs> like that, right? <laughs> USG. Reflecting off Venus. That's right. Or U.S. industry developmental programs. So like new technology. Is that what that's talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Foreign adversary systems. So like... Like enemy weapons. The, the Chinese systems? or the Russians have something amazing right. that we don't know about. And a catch-all other. Bin. Other, yeah. <laughs> or it could be that always have to have the, the, other. the penguins of Madagascar have <laughs> done something amazing. Oh, I love that show. <laughs> Those guys are so funny. So yeah, what what you're reading comes right from that report. And the next section is, uh, and this is obvious, right? UAP clearly pose a, sa- a safety of flight issue and may pose a challenge to U.S. national security, which is why this was. See, I saw this movie. It's called Iron Man uh, <laughs> at, the, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Was that when he uh, when he first took off inside yeah. his inside his little lab and smashed himself into yes. the back wall? Yeah, yeah. yeah and then they like they he calls him on the phone. He's like, "No, it's me." Yeah. What do you mean it's you? No, it's me in the suit. I'm in the suit. I'm in the suit. Yeah. Don't shoot me down. <laughs> My favorite line from Penguins of Madagascar is when they're like. We need to go to Denmark. I can't go to Denmark. Why not? That's between me and the Danes. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. I, I think I think what's going on here is the uh, uh, the report. They've handed out the report, and then they've given orders to people to just smile and wave. Yeah, right. Boys, smile and wave. <laughs> just smile and wave. <laughs> Cute and cuddly, boys. Cute and cuddly. Well, it's interesting that this is getting more mainstream now. Like, yeah, the search for alien life has has been a fascination for a long time. I mean, you you can't, uh, you know, you sit, it's hard to see sort of all the stars um, within city limits. But if you go out into the country where there aren't all that light pollution um, and you look up at the stars and you think, man, it's vast and huge. Mm -hmm. And you start to wonder, are we alone in the universe? Well, it's so vast and so huge. We can't even comprehend how big it is. I mean... When you start, like, think about the closest, um, the closest, what even solar system to us. You have to travel like a thousand light years to get there. Maybe not that many, but a, a light year is traveling at the speed of light to get there. Mm-hmm. And with with our current technology, I mean, it it doesn't even seem like it's possible. And even even physics have has argued that traveling at the speed of light is impossible. That was something that Einstein argued. So I, I don't know if the two of you or the three of you watched the video that Lisa sent, Lisa Hansen sent to us yesterday. Did you watch that? I the, have not had a chance. It's a, a, Thank a, you for calling that out yeah, in right. front of the podcast so that she knows. I apologize. Well, it's, it's, it's on my list this afternoon, though. I just saw the email today, so. <laughs> well, it's, it, it was a video from Francis Chan, and it was really neat because it yeah. started you on the earth. Mm-hmm. And then it backed up so many kilometers and so many more kilometers. And pretty soon you're looking at our solar system and then you're looking at the Milky Way and then you're backed way out. Yeah. It was really it neat. keeps pulling out. Yeah, it was really, really cool. And to think we're, you know. We, we can't even fathom how small a part of the entire universe we are. Right. Yeah. And that makes the brain hurt. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. It's, it's, it's one of those things that, it's why we have words like unbelievable or 
incomprehensible. It's so big. Or inconceivable. Uh, inconceivable. Inconceivable. <laughs> it might not mean what I think it means. <laughs> I don't think that word means what you think that it means. Um, uh, so I was, I was doing a little research yesterday, too. And when you talk about the size, um, it says here. Now, this is, of course, on uh, the, the Wikipedia but it says that um, if the solar system out to Neptune were the size of a U.S. quarter, George Washington's uh, face on it, mm-hmm. the Milky that's a big George Washington. Yeah, it is. The Milky it's Way huge. would the the Milky Way would be. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Let me start over. To compare the relative physical scale of the Milky Way, if the U, if the solar system out to Neptune were the size of a quarter, the Milky Way would be approximately the size of the contiguous United States. And that's just one of... of Many. Many. Billions of galaxies. Yeah. 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 So that's... That that we can see. Right. So compare that. Put put a quarter on the floor. (laughs) Our solar system is that quarter, and the Milky Way is the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. See, now, this is where words like, I think, ah, really come into play. I mean, that's, you know, awesome is reserved for God alone, but but God's creation is awe-inspiring mm-hmm. um, when you think about just how big it is and how everything is interconnected. Like, when you, when you dig into um, not the really, really big stuff, but the really, really small stuff. Mm-hmm. You, d- you see how things are interconnected. You can take an electron from the same atom and you remove the other electron, you put that electron on the other side of the universe, supposedly, mm-hmm. and you hold that first electron and you shake it, the other one will dance in exactly the same pattern. Really? Yeah. Have you tried this? I've tried it at my home. It's cool. Yeah, is that, I, is that like the butterfly effect? I, I don't know what it is, but it, it speaks to quantum theory and how things work in the quantum dimension where things are super, super, super small. Mm-hmm. The laws of physics break down, but there's interconnectedness between these things, even though it's completely random. Yeah. But then you go to the really, 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 really big stuff, and it's just... It, it blows your mind. So here, here's, here's the sort of crux of about it for me, you know, um, people have been discussing this forever. And if you get stuck in the physics department on a Friday <laughs> afternoon, <laughs> you'll get caught in these discussions as well. But, uh, don't um, drink caffeine. Uh, <laughs> so there was a, yeah, exactly. There was a, uh, uh, a discussion that was held, um, uh, uh, decades ago. And as they were discussing it, they were discussing these things, how big things are, the vastness of the universe and if there's so much space out there, there, then the question was, are there people out there? Mm. And so all of this UFO stuff is, is sort of related. Or what do they call it now? UAP? Yeah, UAP. Yeah, what, whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm looking for ALFs myself. Yes. but He can so, come get my cat. That could be his first meal. <laughs> oh, man. Poor the poor cat. Oh. Uh so the question is, if it's so vast and there's other people out there, why haven't we seen them yet? Right. right. And so this was called the the Femi Paradox. And, you know, why haven't, if there really is 
so much opportunity for people to be out there. Why haven't we seen evidence of that? Mm-hmm. And so there are a whole, you know, there's there's huge amounts of money dedicated to this. There's yeah. direct observation, you know, with, with telescopes. We're looking for things that would um, uh, telltale signs in the universe that, that uh, might reveal uh, intelligence. Uh, we're looking at different planets. We're looking for objects that are going through space. They're looking at spectrums from from uh, planets that are, are from, from stars that people might be throwing nuclear waste into it. I just things that you wouldn't even think of that people have been looking for this on top of, you mentioned SETI earlier, listening for radio emissions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are a noisy planet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but we're terribly noisy and we've been broadcasting out to the universe for, uh, for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, well, maybe not hundreds, about but a, about a, 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 a little hundred. Yeah, a little over a hundred. Um, and Radio so waves. we've been sending out all of these emissions and why aren't others? So then the premise is, why haven't we seen them yet? Mm-hmm. So um, and then uh, there's a, a complementary thing called the Drake equation, uh, which has this really long equation and basically says it was by an astronomer, Frank Drake, and it predicted the number of civilizations in our galaxy uh, whose radio signals we might be able to detect. Um, and yet after thousands and thousands, uh, 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 after searching for decades, um, we're not, we're not seeing anything. Right. So, you know, where does that leave us? There's all sorts of options, um, to that, but those two things are, are a huge question in so many people's minds. Mm -hmm. I mean, so much of this is, is speculation. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, it's it seems like it's a mathematical improbability that there would not be other forms of life mm-hmm. at least to say nothing of intelligent life i mean we're even looking on venus to see if if there's the right stuff like water to be able to ha- to create life mm-hmm. like water is really important right uh jupiter's the same thing we think there's water on jupiter um but even like what you just said, all, all the noise and all, all that we're doing, all that we're looking from what I've heard and this, again, this is a generality. I don't know if it's true. We're like looking at like one tenth of one thousandth of a percent of what's actually out there. So we're looking this way and the party's behind us and we're missing the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But it, it, when you get into the vastness of all of creation aside from the world, it's so much more, so much grander than, than we could possibly understand or process mm-hmm. at this point in our history. And it's not as if people haven't been wondering about this stuff. Like I mentioned, going back to Rome, uh, even back in, in Roman times, it was the, the gods came from the stars mm-hmm. um, or had influence over, over the sky and all those things. I mean, we've been wondering about this for a long, long time. This is the first time that the U.S. government has said something more than just we cannot deny nor confirm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. The the 2004 thing that they have, I, I suspect they've been yeah. doing things a lot longer than that. Well, you know, it's interesting you said the vastness of space and, and sort of what we're looking at. There are these theories for why we haven't detected people yet, you know, and one of them is just that space is too vast and mm-hmm. we're, we're not seeing it. Um, that they're too far away, but there's other options that that life actually is rare, mm-hmm. um, and so maybe there's life out there, but uh, it's it's not as as uh, often as we think it is, or maybe life isn't as rare, but intelligent life is rare. Mm-hmm. 
um, and maybe intelligent life is less rare, but advanced um, technology that, that uh, I, I mean, we like to think that we have advanced technology, um, but, uh, you know, maybe that piece is rare. Um, and then there's my favorite sort of the, uh, maybe they're just, uh, whenever you get to a certain pinnacle of intelligence, you're doomed for destruction. They mm-hmm. sort of the, mm-hmm. you know, they, well, they got there, but then they killed themselves. The, yeah. the, the Ragnarok effect. Yes. Yeah. Uh, maybe they're too shy. That's one of my favorite. <laughs> maybe they're just shy and they don't want to talk about oh, it. I was going to say, maybe they're, uh, maybe they're actually upper, upper Midwestern and they're yeah. like, I'm not talking oh, about yeah. anybody. Maybe, I just want to go check it out. Maybe they peeked in just, on here and they've been like, they're yeah. killing like each other. One. We don't want anything to do with these people. Yeah, they just like see so that's, the earth and they're like, mm, pass. <laughs> that's actually one of my favorite <laughs> is that they're deliberately avoiding earth. Um, or that Earth is some sort of zoo uh, where <laughs> where uh, everybody knows don't stop by Earth. Or if you do, you can peek in and look. Yeah, um, you just don't want to stay. Don't and that one around. actually fits with the with the UFO theory pretty well. That they've they've been here, but they just don't reveal themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Or or maybe the the onus behind the prime directive on on Star Trek. You know, don't mess with undeveloped civilizations. So, <laughs> how yeah, far the, are we from from getting warp speed? The, then, then maybe the Spock will show up or something. There, yeah, there's also been the, I've heard the the theory, now I listen to a lot of late night radio, um, but they are actually in the future, and we're in the past, and they are us in the future, and that's how advanced they are. Thus, with ancient aliens, if you go back to, you know, pictures of, of strange things in the sky, mm-hmm. going back even to Roman times, they all look the same as they do today. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, I want to take a minute to shine a light on an organization that's been a staple in the Fargo-Moorhead community for over 30 years, Churches United. Through the generosity of volunteers and donors, Churches United is able to provide shelter, stable housing, nutritious food, and a path toward healing for those who are hungry and homeless in the FM area. Churches United began as a single location, and through the generosity and help of people like you, It has grown into one permanent housing location, two shelters, and two food pantries. And between those five sites, Churches United can support over 425 individuals a day. To learn more about how you can support our neighbors in need, visit www.churches-united.org. That's www.churches-united.org. And now, back to the show. Here's a real skeptical view, and, you know, it seems to me that anything that is um, mysterious to us, we end up making it in our own image. Mm. So if there are aliens, then they must fit a pattern that is designed on us. Um, It's, you know, I'm not going to put it in the same, same category as idolatry, but if you think about the deities of different civilizations as they were developing, what they were doing. Like, for example, Zeus in ancient Akkadian, I think means sky. And over time, they began taking the word for this phenomenon in their existence. You know, know, you're going back about 4,000 years here, Mm -hmm. 5,000 years. Um, but the, the language that all the other languages branched off of, especially in, in Europe, Zeus was a name for, for sky. And so over time that becomes 
we worship the sky to get it to do the things that we want it to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we do that with aliens. I'm just saying here's another thing that's mysterious that our speculations often look like, well, they look like our fears or our ambitions. You know, you have E.T. on one side mm-hmm. as, as a, you know, a benevolent alien or maybe some of the, some of the good Star Wars guys. <laughs> uh, then on the other side, you have like, like, like the Romulans, right? And like when you look at Star Trek, you have the Romulans, you have the Klingons, you have the, the Vulcans, and they're all kind of uh, designed off of these archetypes of, you know, and it's a story, of course, mm-hmm. but it's all based on archetypes. And you get the same thing with that, that an alien is a little green man with a big head, right? And is in a flying saucer. All of those things are, are added into the zeitgeist of our culture based on stories going back to the twenties and thirties that were popularized mm-hmm. that is that have carried on. I want to know though, why every planet that they visit on Stargate speaks English. I've wondered that myself. Yeah. Have you noticed that? <laughs> I have. Well, and I just and, assumed and, and North American English, not, you know, <laughs> it's not the King's English. Exactly. This goes back to the, it, it's us in the future. Mm. You know, it's got to be. Th- there are some interesting theological sort of ramifications about this, though. Um, one, there's an assumption that uh, uh, that most scientists are, are agreeing upon without actually saying that they're agreeing upon, mm-hmm. that life arises from non-life. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and I think that's why the, the intense search for life on the moon, on Mars, on Venus, is to prove that life can arise in other places because um, a lot of that look for, for uh, extraterrestrial life depends upon life being abundant, right. that life would appear on other planets and it's not something unique here on Earth. Right. Um, and uh, It's interesting um, that you say that, that, that life comes forth from non-life. It's funny because because um, astrophysicists that I've heard talk about this, and you know, uh, it's it's like the disciplines don't crisscross very well. They don't communicate very well over a whole theme. You have you have different disciplines of science, and when you look at like like um, theoretical physicists that talk about the Big Bang, mm-hmm. they will not say that life came out of nothing, that it had to start with something. Right, and if it's if it's not if you can't see it, the, the best being, well, there was like, I think this was Hawkins uh, latest point before he died. There was a universe. In fact, multiple universes before this one that collapsed in and then expanded out again. And so there's never actually that admittance that there's a point where there's nothing. And then things developed out of that or that things can come. You got to have the right mix of the primordial soup, Mm -hmm. but where did that, primordial soup come from for this this life to happen is it's always murky well they can't answer um they can't answer the first mover question right what was the what existed before everything existed right right um there's no way to answer that question you talk about the big bang theory well what was there before the big bang and what started the big bang right right Um, and that's why you get the there was a universe that collapsed it re-expanded comments because they have to go further back and there, you know, there has to have been an action for that reaction. Right. And, yeah. and I'm fine with, with whatever the, their thinking is, but now you're moving into philosophy 
Oh yeah. Rather than oh. science. And right. The, the other question: the creation versus the creator. It, or, or I mean, you're you're Hence coming you're, our speciality <laughs> theology. <laughs> well, and and not even go so far as to say it's not science; it's cosmology. Mm-hmm. You're you're creating a myth right. to justify what you see, which is no different than what the ancients did when they came up with Zeus. And, and what's outside the universe? I mean, that's that's a question that that I have a lot of times too. Because if you right, you you just went back to starting with nothing. What was there before then? But the you know the 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 universe is expanding. What's outside that expansion? Mm-hmm. You know, where's it expanding to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what's it expanding into? Right. Mm-hmm. It's fun stuff. And, well, and then you can get into you know uh, what the MCU is currently traveling down with multi multi or multiverse theories mm. uh, and uh, um, all sorts of fun things. But I. I wanted to bring this to it because we're back we're, to the, the we're running question. out of time. Uh, we could talk about this forever, or maybe we're not running out of time. I don't know. We can keep on talking. We'll keep talking. Part I, two, part three, part four. Here's here's uh here here's what I think is is kind of important. So the, did you know there's a whole branch of theology sort of that dabbles in this, and it's called exotheology. Mm-mm. No. Um, so the fancy word, word for the day. I think you coined it. I think we should call it Soljum. I did not. Exo- oh, Soljum's yeah. Sol- Sol- theory of exotheology. Yeah. <laughs> Make yeah. it a sticker. <laughs> there you go. We were reading uh, We were reading a great book by uh, uh, Timothy Keller um, called uh, Jesus the King. And uh, fabulous book. I highly recommend it. Uh, easy to get into um, and makes uh, some difficult theological concepts, yeah. I think, approachable. Mm-hmm. It's a gem, even for you, you hardcore Lutherans out there like me. I love this book. Yes, it's great. Yeah, he's a Presbyterian, uh, and and uh, our our uh, resident Lutheran scholar said it was good to read. He, you know, pre- Presbyterians are great. They're almost Lutheran. So, uh, <laughs> but he's good. He's in really the beginning, good. he talks. Uh, the first chapter, he talks about uh, the relation of God, the Godhead of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and the dance and the relationship and the love between them and the overflowing of, of that love, uh, that God has everything he needs uh, within himself. And so creation is an overspilling of his love and his creativity. Yeah. And I think um, that the Bible would, would say uh, many wondrous worlds God has created. And in fact, it does. The psalmists does. talk about that um, all the time. So, there's no reason to sort of uh, think that God couldn't be creative. Could God be creative and create other life on other planets? Maybe. Yes. Why not? Yeah. We just haven't seen it, and maybe we never will, but there's all sorts of amazing things in the God creation we'll never see. Mm-hmm. But then the, sort of the, the crux of this gets for a lot of people, and I think this is why um, a lot of atheists um, or, or even non-believers are so fascinated by life on other planets is we're always looking for a sense of something greater than us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, it, if you think that this is all there is, um, but the thought that there might be life on other planets um, gives you a sense of something grander. And in fact, right. you think maybe they'll come and save us from the mess that we're in. Right. Um, from ourselves. Right. Wow, interesting. So, oh man, are we looking for a savior? It sounds that way. <laughs> That's sort of fascinating. <laughs> but then you get into fun things about Christianity. 
Tell me if I'm going too fast. Mm -mm. No. Uh, You get into fun things about Christianity like, okay, is our faith compatible with life on other planets? Let's think about that for a moment. I mean, Romans 8 talks about uh, the the whole of creation waiting to be redeemed. Uh, Talks about um, the fallen nature of all of creation and that the cross uh, has begun a redemption of all of creation. Right. So then you're, let's talk about aliens, all right? Are aliens fallen? Are they sinful beings like humans are? Do they need redemption? Are aliens fallen, but they maybe have a different relationship with God? Mm-hmm. Are aliens fallen, but Jesus' uh, redemptive act is uh, appropriate for them too? Mm-hmm. Um, or is are they fallen and God has created a, another way for them to be reconciled and redeemed. Mm -hmm. So some interesting pieces there. Yep, totally. Late late night radio will tell you that they are angels. And that's when, when people see angels, when, or when they, when they see things, that's what they're seeing. You ever notice that, that aliens, ghosts, angels, demons, and like unicorns all fall in the same category of speculation. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we've been trained to think so rationally for the last 200 years that the idea of the mysterious or something beyond what can be rationally explained falls into, like, superstition or mm-hmm. myth. And that's it's not the case with many things. But you got me thinking about something that I, I think the Bible speaks to. So we we have very much taken Genesis, the creation story, and made it into... Uh, let's see if we can find the right term for this. Human-centric, mm-hmm. right? But if you look at the story, there's another way to read it where it's not about... Um, it's hard not to read it as human-centric, though, because the the fall was attributed to humans themselves exactly, but, upon all of creation. But there's a static point where there's two ways to read it. Either Adam and Eve were the first people, mm-hmm. or they weren't, and they're both valid. Because if I, you, I think we just have to look and see if they have belly buttons. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> what I mean by that is that here's the here's the unique thing about Adam and Eve. You can read Revelation, uh, Revelation. You can read Genesis. Mm-hmm. There's mystery at the beginning and at the end, and the words that are used, like for the 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 first six days of creation, it's actually poetic in Hebrew. It reads like poetry. Well, if it's poetry, then it's it, it's figurative and it's revealing truth in a different way than facts. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if you use the word yom to mean age, and I've looked it up in the Greek Septuagint to get the sense of it because it's used in the New Testament as age for one singular day. It can mean a 24-hour day, but it also can mean a a set time frame that can be millions, if not billions of years long. It's an Mm -hmm. age. Like back in my day, Mm -hmm. back in, you know, it means age, not an actual day. Mm -hmm. Like the age of Aquarius. Like the age of Aquarius. The day of Aquarius. Yeah. Uh, and so you have this, you have God working creation and we can even think of it, of the creation as happening in naturalistic means, mm-hmm. big bang, uh, evolutionary processes taking place. Mm-hmm. And it's still valid as long as you understand that Adam and Eve are historical beings, because what happens in the, in the Genesis narrative is that it starts this wide piece and it ends with God created them, uh, male and female mm-hmm. created them. Okay. Could be humans everywhere. But then what God chooses to do is he plants a garden and with his own hands, not just a word that wills it into being, but with his own his own physical being, 
he molds Adam and Eve and plants them in the garden. And then through these, the best of his creation, the one that he takes a lot of care in, in making, mm-hmm. he judges all the rest of creation by being in relationship with his creation. And when Adam and Eve reject that relationship, that rejection, that the, the consequence of sin being death, not as a natural occurrence, but as something that is, it, God is now going to continue as punishment for rejection to God, being, being away from life, is then spread to all of creation continuously. There's, in other words, it's not that death wasn't there, it's that the redemption has been removed mm-hmm. in, that, in the life of Adam and Eve, because in relationship with God, they would live forever. And the, the hope of the message is that God would then bring life to all of his creation like that. Instead, what God does is then begins the, 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 the move of reconciling his creation through his son. What I mean by that is that the biblical story does not require that it has to be human-centric in its relationship. Um, and so if God judges all of creation by basically planting a garden of Eden called earth. Mm-hmm. The story of creation that we have for earth reflects what God could have done in the entire universe. Are, are you following what I'm saying there? That would put rather than, than that would make the entire earth, the garden of Eden for the universe, whereby God judges all of his creation mm-hmm. I got you. Based on what happens here. So you're you're arguing that um, that Earth is still the center of the story, uh, even if humans are not. You're not arguing for um, a uh, for God repeating redemptive acts on other planets, right? But that the redemptive act is carried out, just as in the biblical story, it's so the, carried out through the line of Adam and Eve. Mm. Not through the rest of so you're humanity. arguing that that the cross of Christ not only redeems uh, humans all of the earth but all of the universe and creation all of the universe and creation mm-hmm. and outside of Christ so if if ergo if that's the case then when the aliens land on Earth uh, the first thing we should do is hand out gospel tracts to them uh, not gospel tracts but uh, uh, Gideon tell them the Bibles. Good news of Jesus Christ. We should tell them the good news. Let's give them I'm small being catechisms. a little tongue in cheek there. Let's give them small catechisms. As a waiter in my youth, I received a few gospel tracts. Well, so. I, I, right. I think we should give them a small catechism and an English to Vulcan translation. Uh, yes. Uh, or or whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. English to Mandalorian translation. Whatever the. I'm pretty sure they all speak English. Uh, <laughs> my based point- upon my my years of experience or years of research watching. Right. Watching shows. Now, everything I just said, I mean, that's speculation. That's one way to speak about this. Mm-hmm. Here's another way to speak about this. In, um, in the Chronicles of Narnia, Aslan says to Lucy mm-hmm. in, I think it's the Voyage of the Dawn Treader, or maybe he says it to, to the older siblings. Yeah, he does. He says to Lucy, your brother and your sister are not going to be coming back to Narnia because they need to get to know me mm. there. In your world. In your world. That's... Prince Caspian. Yeah, there we go. And so there's another way to think about it that kind of kind of alleges to, you know, God is is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. Mm-hmm. And look, this this is this is above our pay grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, if God is is re- all of creation according to the biblical witness 
has has fallen under sin. Mm-hmm. And I think you can the the evolutionary process that we see in science that we observe in science, uh, death is a necessary consequence for that to take place. And when we look at the universe, we make those same assumptions as well. So if there is life on other planets, it could very well be that God has chosen to engage with them, just like you said, in a way that is, if you think about uh, the way the Bible works, it would it would mirror what's happening here, but it would be unique to their, um, their world. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So like how Aslan's a lion. Aslan's a lion on a world w- with talking animals. The the question I have for you, and and the one that um, again, this is all speculation, people. <laughs> just <laughs> having fun here. Uh, we, yeah, we will. Uh, we, we will visit other planets and confirm <laughs> nor deny this theory. I, I blame all this on Soljum's theory of exotheology. Thank that, you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I I mean the 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 uh, so let let me ask you to clarify. Um, I don't know if I can do that. Does God, um, it would be easy to say that God sent prophets and messengers to other planets. Let's say other planets exist and, and God spend sends prophets and messengers. That's an easy one. Does God become incarnate on those other planets in a different form or does the cross of Christ here on earth? Is it, is it efficacious? Mm hmm. Well, and there's something to be said about that too. I mean, if if what I said about this is Sia, wild speculation. Right, I'm bro, right we're all over the place. But I but I think it goes to the point of what what people are saying here is that critics would say, "Look, uh, you Christians think that your theology is right. You're telling me that the God of the universe loves me mm-hmm. and has died for me. Um, but what if there's life on other planets? Did the God of the universe just die for humans?" I mean, so, you know, what they're, what, what's at stake for some people is, uh, is, is, is the faith limited to earth and humans? And then if so, it's probably just something that you've created right? because there are other people living or other things right. living in other places that don't have that experience. I think it's it's discovering a whole new world, and what you're now talking about is evangelism beyond what we know. When when the new world was discovered, suddenly it's like we need to go evangelize these other parts mm-hmm. of the world, and even there, you know, I mean, well, it, it's a very similar concept. You know, uh, you hear people ask that. Well, what about the people that uh, were born and died before the gospel had right. a chance to reach them? Right. And now you're just exploding that with what about the the aliens that were have been born and and passed and, on and, other planets that are right. so far away from and us. And so in our imagination based on what we know we're assuming that expansion into um, outer space first first uh, colonizing our solar system then colonizing our galaxy then expanding to other galaxies. All of that is is scientifically impossible. Okay, according to what we know right now, it is you would you would have to be able to basically create teleportation mm-hmm. so that you can move through vast or space apparition or, <laughs> or apparition through vast vast quantities of space where time is not an issue. You'd, you'd have to be able to bend through dimensions, right? Based on what we know, right? Yes, uh, light years you, and things. You need the upside down or whatever it's called in uh, yeah. in Stranger well, Things. Stranger Things. But my mm-hmm. point being that. Yep. So, 
what we're talking about as far as the gospel message is concerned is that what's changed is is the the landscape, not the message. Mm-hmm. Um, for Christians, and you, look, as a Christian, regardless of of who needs to hear the gospel, the biblical witness follows this pattern where God. Why was there Israel? I mean, have you ever thought about why why in the Old Testament God worked? Why did God choose Abraham? He didn't just say, everyone's saved, here I am. He reveals himself to Abraham. Mm-hmm. And through the line of Abraham, Abraham's descendants become a nation, Israel. Well, why was there Israel? To be a witness to the nations around them mm-hmm. of who God is. Okay? With the new covenant in Jesus Jesus becomes the center point, not the nation of Israel. And so to be, to know who God is and to be in relationship with God is not to become Israelite, but to know Jesus and be in relationship with Jesus. So why wouldn't it continue? So you're saying God started like the seed of a mustard uh, plant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, God starts with Abraham. It grows to Israel. It grows to the Gentiles and the Jews together. Through Jesus. To, through Jesus in a new body. Um, and then could go to other planets from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we believe that God is more than just the God of Earth, mm-hmm. the third rock from the sun, which I think what there's... Uh, uh, you, can, you can fit 50 or 100 of these blue balls in, the, in Jupiter. So, so, so either... I mean, I mean either... So I could be left today with two things. One, that... Um, um, I, I don't think there's aliens and I could be left with, um, this would be a, 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 a way that one could, could reconcile this to that God is so, uh, that so creative and lavishes faith on us so much and lavishes love on us so much that he created an infinitely vast universe yeah. to put us at the center or not even at the center to put us in it. And so that might be one reason why we haven't seen anybody. Yeah. There isn't anybody. And that wouldn't be, I mean, our, that wouldn't be contrary to our faith that we would be alone in the universe. Yeah. Um, but we're not alone because God is with us. So that's one way you yeah. could land. The other way you could land is what we've just been talking about, that, that uh, we shouldn't fear other, uh, other uh, uh, life on other planets. Um, but God wants them to know him as well. Right. Yeah, I would say uh, the first one, I'd, I'd put it this way, that in this backs up scripture, that there is no other intelligent life in the universe. There's resources, there's abundance, there could be, there could be life forms in a way that um, would be benign, so to speak, and not threatening or, or have the, the existence of a soul. Mm-hmm. As, as that old language works, uh, in which case scripture speaks to that about all of the, the heavens proclaim the glory and vastness of God as a witness to um, those who are made in God's image. Yeah. Right. That's the first one. And that, that has a very human centric way of looking at creation mm-hmm. that all, all this other stuff is so that you can, so I can get through your thick skulls that I'm God. Because for me, you can't look at the expanse of creation in the very large and the very small and not come away going, 
well, there's got to be a God. Mm-hmm. Like how you, th- this is way too complicated for it just t- to happen randomly. Right. And the location of the earth and where it moves, the fact that the Goldilocks effect even exists speaks to some type of intelligence that's, that's worked these things. And then finally DNA, which is basically computer code. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't have random computer code without someone putting in the stuff to make it happen. So even if you got a thousand monkeys with a thousand typewriters, <laughs> is that right? Yeah. I, I've never tried it out and tested no, it myself. That's what I've heard. <laughs> using the scientific method. But point being that, that all those things in creation point to a creator. Mm-hmm. Um, with the second one, I would say that the earth is not, not the center of the universe, but that a God has chosen to reveal himself uh, to humanity in such a way as to expand God's kingdom and reveal his goodness to his entire creation, not just earth. And that's that's really exciting in the idea that... Um, Wouldn't it be ironic? Uh, Jesus was born in sort of a back... What people considered yes. a backwater part of Israel. You, you just read my mind. And, and, and here and, earth is a backwater part yes. of the universe. In that scenario, earth is not Jerusalem or earth is not Rome or earth is not the center of the universe. Earth is the backwoods podunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people... Stay away from it because uh, it's good just can a mess. come from from Nazareth and what from what good Bethlehem. can come from Earth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Cool. Well, good. That, it was a fun, fun conversation. I I, I just want to leave people with like, oh, one more uh, theory I've heard is that uh, these are not aliens that we're seeing, but ourselves from the future. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to have a future time travel. Discussion yeah. podcast. Oh yeah, could could that really be just humans from a thousand years from now checking in on us? Episode nine million eight hundred and sixty-two of that podcast. And it's yeah. funny. It's funny that you say that because we'll have to go back and remember when we talked about this in twenty twenty-one. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I, I wanted to leave with it with a, a a a comforting thought that your faith shouldn't be uh, rocked by what is discovered or not discovered. Yeah. Um. And our faith is not incompatible with life on other planets. Right. Um, I, I think, you know, there was this this nervousness uh, in Galileo's time if Earth was not the center of the universe. Right. Um, what do you mean the, the universe does not revolve around Earth? And people's faith was rocked. There's no need for your faith to yeah. be rocked by these scientific uh, endeavors. If we find out there's other people, uh, you know, great. Let's, mm-hmm. let's tell, I them, agree tell them about God. Yep. Uh, two more things I want to say is what you just said is how I picture traveling through galaxies to be possible. You have to be able to move outside of the the dimension of time. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to move instantaneously from one point in space to another point in space without time passing. Well, time is sort of a wibbly wobbly thing I've heard. Yes. And and you might need a TARDIS to do that. Just a telephone a telephone booth would <laughs> would handle. Or a DeLorean. Um, a DeLorean would be cooler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, they're not very reliable. They but they won't rust. They don't start when you need them to start. So so if, if, if we're talking about if a an intelligent life form could come from another galaxy, they would have to be able to get over the problem of time because there's just too much time needs to pass traveling at the speed of light mm-hmm. for someone to reach us. Or they'd have to find a way to live thousands of years right and to be able to travel at the speed of light or double the speed of light but even Mm -hmm. then it's just so so time travel seems to make a lot more sense to me or at least being able to travel through time if you're able to travel through space without time passing Mm -hmm. 
That's one point. Second point is this is all speculation. Mm-hmm. And really the only cure for speculation is proclamation. And what I, what I can say is that everything that we're talking is fun to speculate about. And it's fun to think about. It's way above my pay grade. <laughs> and it's like, ultimately it's like you can get, you can drown in the speculation oh, yeah. because a lot of it is, well, what is God thinking in his hidden will? What is God doing in you know, when he's saying, don't look behind the guy, don't look at the guy behind the curtain. What mm-hmm. is God doing? What is he keeping to us? Well, ultimately, God reveals his goodness through Jesus. Mm-hmm. And unless you're on Venus or Mars or some other planet, <laughs> that's where God wants to be known right. as far as we know. And even on those other planets, that's the revelation we receive from God, that to know God is to know his son. Yeah. And um, there you will find peace. You will find hope. You'll find a God who loves you. Who, who am I? that a God who has created such vast amount of universe and is so creative, uh, both on a, on a huge, large scale and, and down to a microscopic scale yeah. would, would declare his love for me um, and die on a cross for me. Preach it, preacher. I, I think you just nailed it too. All of this should do, if nothing else, it should humble us rather than mm. scare us. Yep. Yeah. God's bigger than we can imagine. If you are an alien and you are listening today, <laughs> I would just like to say that I can keep my mouth shut and I would love to go for a ride and I wouldn't share it with anybody. Yeah. So just just <laughs> that. Or if you're from the future, um, I, uh, I wouldn't mind some of the who's going to win the Super Bowl in the next few wouldn't that be nice? few years. And, uh, yeah. I promise to use it responsively. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I would like to say uh, like and subscribe on, on YouTube at uh, Atonement Fargo. If are you talking to the aliens yeah. or everybody? Yeah. Well, to everybody, but okay. I mean, can if you they imagine be- our subscription numbers if we got like, <laughs> like the all of the planets to sign up? So we're on the yep. Interstellar podcast through. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. And we all know that the aliens speak English, so that's right. <laughs> yep. All right. It that's was, riveting. Was fun. Riveting. Riveting. It well, really first, was. It it can't be riveting until we until we pray. I, I'm just preparing to being. To be riveted. Do you want to do it? To to be riveted or to pray? Yes, you got to be. You got to pray to be riveted. <laughs> yeah. so would you? Would you? Pray? Hey, Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Uh, thank you for uh, the the joy of of speculating. Uh, Lord, we look around at your creation and we are blown away um, at the vastness of it, at the complexity of it, at the the principles that hold it together. Lord, uh, we are grateful for the fine tuning of the universe that has happened so that we can exist, that we can live in this habitable zone. Lord, um, we don't understand why, other than, but we understand that uh, you are overflowing with love and we are thankful for that. Uh, we are thankful for what Jesus has done for us on the cross so that we can be reconciled to a God that is so amazing, a God that uh, uh, whose presence we don't deserve to be in, but has made a way. And so, Lord, for the people that live on this third rock from the sun. We are thankful. And for the people or the aliens or whatever that might live in the rest of the universe, Lord, um, we, uh, we know that you uh, would love them too. And uh, if we ever meet them, we will share that love with them. In the meantime, we will share that love with the people around us and our neighbors and our um, friends far and wide. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, Dana, Mark, thank you both for being here today. Did a lot. You got to have a Narnia episode so Dana can yeah. shine oh, because she is an expert on, on such things. All right, we'll have to do it. No. So. <laughs> C.S. Lewis actually wrote quite a bit on on alien life. Was not opposed to it. Did, was not scared of it. He was mm. confident in his faith about that. So. Cool.
Very, very cool. Very interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us again. Uh, if if you are <laughs> if you're looking for a place to worship online or in person, we have services here at Atonement Fargo, um, 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. You can find us at 4601 South University Drive in Fargo, North Dakota, or you can find us online by searching Atonement Fargo. We are on YouTube, atonementfargo.org, and atonement.live. So for Dana Mashevsky. Pastor DJ Lura and Pastor Mark Soldier. I'm Ryan Janke. Join us next time for another riveting episode of that podcast. <laughs> I think I've. <laughs>